Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on Twitter. We are presented by The Grid. I am Bryson Carver, as always. It is great to have you guys in on a jam-packed Thursday show. You, the streaming audience, I'm sure, could tell. Well, one of the topics is going to be the man, the myth, the legend, and the goat. Mr. Tom Brady led yet another improbable Comeback win, this one over the New Orleans Saints, a team that has had his number since he's been a Buccaneer, but somehow, some way, wasn't pretty, but he swept him this year. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in my second segment. A whole lot to break down from that. MLB free agency has been crazy. Uh, as a Red Sox fan, a free agent move yesterday made me overjoyed, and a free agent move Eastern time about 30 minutes after midnight shattered my heart. Okay, and, and, and I don't want to talk about it. I'll obviously get going to the judge, Aaron Judge contract in vivid, vivid detail. Staying with the New York Yankees, nine years, $360 million. A lot of big moves going on in MLB free agency. I'll talk about that. As well as Odell Beckham Jr. Looks like he's not going to be a Dallas Cowboy, which, you know, I, don't, I honestly would have never believed that a week ago. And I've been a fan, I've been somebody who's been critical of Jerry Jones. But in this case, I'm going to have to give him a round of applause and props uh, for, for what he did not do in regards to the whole OBJ situation at the end of the, sh the show today. Week 14 starts tonight with the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the, we won't be saying this a whole lot longer, defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, who it looks like are going to start Baker Mayfield at quarterback. He has been a Ram for all of 72 hours. So that should be interesting. By the way, the, the Raiders are six-point favorites. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to see how that uh, how that plays out on Thursday night in the City of Angels. But first, a big, big, big story that transcends really the world of sports uh, occurred this morning. As you sure, I'm sure you guys are all aware, uh, the United States and Russia agreed to a prison swap. Uh, to free Brittany Griner, WNBA star of the Phoenix Mercury, in exchange for Russian arms dealer uh, Victor uh, Boot. 
This comes after Griner was arrested 10 months ago uh, on smuggling charges after two medically prescribed vaping cartridges uh, were found in her luggage. She pled guilty on July the 7th and was sentenced to nine years in prison. Um, for the last month, she's been held in a penal colony with a putting it mildly horrendous reputation, uh, as you might imagine. Uh, but thankfully now, she'll be returning home safe and sound um, to her family, loved ones, and teammates uh, for the holiday season. Before I get into anything, I think it is important for me to set the baseline for what we're going to do here today on my show and what we're not going to do today. What we're not going to do, what I'm not going to do in particular, is act like I know everything about the situation in terms of how the trade went down. Because I don't. I wasn't in those rooms. I do not work for the U.S. government. And ultimately what it comes down to is this news broke less than 12 hours ago. So we're going to learn a lot in the coming days, weeks, months, about how this went down uh, and just whatever gone, whatever went on in the situation. What I am going to do, or what I always, always, always try to do on the show to the best of my ability, is react to the news, obviously most of it being sports, and get my take on it. Okay, what do we know? How do I feel about it? That's what I'm going to do today. So... What I'm going to do is refer to the tireless work of numerous journalists over the past 294 days. Here's what we know. There is also another American citizen who is wrongfully detained, who has been wrongfully detained uh, for the past four years. His name is Paul Whelan. Uh, he is a Marine who has been in prison on charges of espionage uh, that both he, uh, that both of his family and the United States have deemed baseless. Um, there's obviously been a, a big discussion ever since the Brittany Griner story came up, uh, and certainly today has, has been a massive discussion. Uh, I'll talk about uh, his brother later in the show and what he said, um, but you know, there's been sort of a, an effort and a um, sort of a movement ever since Brittany Griner uh, is, is coming home. Hey, we got to get Paul Whelan home, right? He's a Marine. He served our country honorably. We need to get him home. He's an American citizen. He has no business being in Russia, uh, being wrongfully detained on ridiculous charges according to cbs news this is what we do know about the trade u.s officials told reporters it became clear in talks with the russians that the prospect of securing the release of both griner and whelan in exchange uh for about the uh, uh the the arms dealer was a non-starter with one saying that the u.s uh had what the u.s had was a quote a choice between bringing home one particular american Brittany Griner, or bringing home none. That's according to U.S. officials. Now, President Biden, of course, spoke this morning on the prison swap, and when addressing Whelan, he said that we've not forgotten about Paul Whelan, and we will never give up on securing his release. And again, I'll sort of get into uh, what his brother said earlier this morning, uh, later in the show. Uh, but here's, here's what I want to say to start on, the, on Brittany Griner individually. Uh, for whatever reason... And it, it, it remained the case. I actually talked about this four months ago when she was sentenced to nine years. I, I talked about it a little bit on my show back then. And I'll say it again. And for some weird reason, I don't know, society tends to be very weird. But for a weird reason, this seems to be a controversial take or statement. I'm happy that Brittany Grinder's coming home. Matter of fact, I'm beyond happy that an American citizen who was wrongfully detained in a Communist country is going to be returning home to the United States. Um, 
and that she's no longer going to have to deal with the oppression and the mistreatment uh, of, of the Russian government. The, the human rights violations in that country, we're all aware of it, go far beyond, far beyond uh, what, what anyone could possibly comprehend or imagine. Um, I'm happy she gets to reunite with her family, her teammates, loved ones, uh, and just in time for the holidays as well. Uh, and by the way, this is sort of a side story, but, you know, she gets to hopefully come May, which I believe is when the season starts. She gets to play the game she loves and is, uh, you, know, you know, obviously has God-gifted abilities at doing and has been blessed with the opportunity to play in the WNBA. And she is, I think it has also been underreported, one of the greatest WNBA players of all time. It's a young league. It's only been around a little more than 25 years. But given the history of the league, Brittany Griner, given her accomplishments, gold medals, NBA championships, if I'm not mistaken, she may have a league MVP or two, one of the most accomplished players in the history of the sport. Uh, and, and certainly it will be quite a moment once she uh, hopefully gets back on the court sometime this summer. But to those out there who say, well, she broke the law. You do the crime, you do the time. Well, first of all, that statement applies, sure, in the United States. Our justice system, folks, we all know is far from perfect. But compared to whatever sham garbage they have in Russia, it's a whole heck of a lot better, as we all are aware. So, secondly, Brittany Griner was clearly, unequivocally, and obviously used by the Russians as a political pawn. So she was found with less than a gram of cannabis oil in her luggage. Well, three years ago in 2019, an American girl named Audrey Lorber was found uh, with uh, – she, she was released from a Russian prison one month after she was found guilty of attempting to import marijuana purchased from the U.S. into Russia. Audrey Lorber had 19 grams of marijuana in her possession. Brittany Griner, again, less than one gram. The difference is Audrey Lorber spent one month in Russian prison. Brittany Griner, a few months ago, got a nine-year sentence. So we know the rule of law does not apply in Russia. Okay, They, they will sentence you however they feel like it. They don't have, you know, one of the great things in, in this country is, 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 is a fair trial. They don't get that in Russia, unfortunately. And so, clearly, the government over there, led by their cowardly dictator, was trying to use her, of course, as a means to acquire this arms dealer. Uh, nicknamed the Merchant of Death, by the way. Bad dude. Uh, am I happy... <laughs> that this guy is in Russia. Of course not. I don't think anybody with a brain screwed on half right could possibly feel that way. But what bothers me about this situation, or at least the critics of the situation, in terms of her being able to come home, is that when it initially happened, when she was arrested in February, February 17th, if I'm not mistaken, it was the, the initial reaction by many was, okay, she broke the law. Who cares what happens over there? And that was before we even knew really the details of the situation. Obviously, this was way before the, you know, the trial, the sentencing, and everything. Even the national reaction 
in terms of there being, being pressure put on by uh, obviously WNBA players, NBA players, by uh, some in the national media. Again, I, I, I've detailed, I've talked about in the show numerous times in the last 10 months, putting pressure on the current administration to go get her. Uh, but initially it was, well, she broke the law, so why do we care about bringing her back? Well, it's like, first of all, bro, she's an Amer- American citizen. <laughs> okay, we we want to bring her back. We Listen, if she breaks the law here, <laughs> the treatment she would receive in an American prison is night and day compared to what they did to her over there. And certainly we will, you know, hopefully we'll learn more about that as time goes on as she gets back and everything. But then the notion was, well, she broke the law, but why should we care about the situation? Because, you know, she's a, she's a WNBA player. Well, why should that be a story? Well, uh, she's also just so happens to be a human being. She also happens to have had to play in Russia. This would have now been her eighth season playing overseas there. Because the WNBA doesn't pay her nor the other players enough or even close to what their NBA counterparts are paid in terms of, because of obviously the NBA makes more money, in terms of what the bring the league brings in on revenue per year. They've been looking to correct that issue. The new commissioner, Kathy Engelber, is she's outstanding. Looking to correct the issue. Um, and hopefully that, that gets resolved soon. But so many of the best WNBA players, Sue Bird, Candace Parker, um, Diana Taurasi, have had to play overseas. Hey, you don't want to go to Russia. And then now it's, well, why don't we bring Paul Whelan back? Which, by the way, pray to God that we're able to bring him back as soon as humanly possible. And I do hope that his family and that the rest of the country puts the pressure on this current administration to bring him back. It's been four years, and it's been four years too long. There's no question about it. Um, to his brother, um, what is his name? I, I think I, I think I uh, missed uh, his, his, his brother's first name. But his brother was talking about uh, earlier today, I think he was on CNN maybe, and he said, quote, there is no greater success than for a wrongful detainee to be freed and for them to go home. The Biden and men made the right decision to bring Miss Griner home and to make the deal that was possible rather than waiting for one that wasn't going to happen. So essentially what he's saying, he knows what we know, that Russia was not going to give up his brother in this particular deal. As, as I detailed in, the, in, the, in this, the CBS News report, I'll read it again. One source saying from uh, from a U.S. official told CBS News, quote, a, uh, a, 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 a deal securing the release of both Griner and Whelan in exchange uh, for the arms dealer was a non-starter, with one saying that the U.S. Uh, had a, quote, a choice between bringing home one particular American, either Brittany Griner or bringing none home. And so his brother said, I'd rather you done this deal, bring an American home, than nothing. Now, hopefully good comes out of this in terms of she's going to come home. I think she's gonna, as soon as she touches uh, U.S. soil, she's going to go to the hospital for the medical check because, again, God knows what they subjected to her, her, her to over there, considering their, again, extensive history uh, of U.S. Uh, of human rights violations. 
but hopefully a lot of good comes out of this in terms of her using her big platform, which has certainly only grown in the last 10 months due to the attention uh, towards the situation. Hopefully Brittany uses her platform. Hopefully the entire WNBA, the NBA, the country. We all rally to bring Paul Whelan home as well as the other wrongful detainees. We got one back in April. Brittany Griner's coming home. My hopes and prayers are that we can put in the effort and put the pressure on the current administration to bring Paul Whelan home. So, again, the fact that it is not something that is universally agreed upon by a lot of folks, that I'm happy or that a lot of people are happy that she's back is messed up. That it goes to certain double standards that uh, I think it'd be best to not get into today. But I'm glad Brittany Griner's home. And uh, and again, the WNBA <laughs> deserves a lot of props. Uh, they, they, all of last season, they pretty much dedicated the entirety of last season. Uh, their, their season goes from, for those of you who don't know, from May to September, although I do think that they added games onto their schedule. I think it's like 42 games now that they're going to play per season, per regular season. But they dedicated the whole season to her last year during the All-Star game. Brittany Griner's number is 42. And so they wore 42 jerseys at the All-Star game. All the players did. You had uh, even the Phoenix Suns, who play in the same arena, a footprint arena, I think, in Phoenix, where the Phoenix Mercury play. They had, I think, a, a hashtag, uh, WeRBG, which kind of became a thing uh, on the sideline of, uh, of the court. And so, again, props to WNBA for rallying behind uh, their, their sister. Uh, props to the commissioner. Props to the NBA for rallying behind them. And... Uh, like I said, it's 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 a good day when an American citizen comes home, and certainly we uh, we're glad that's the case, and we pray for the release of Paul Whelan as well as any other detainee in Russia, because yeah, yeah, that uh guy who runs that country is a psychopath, putting it mildly. All right, so moving from that, get a drink. I was a mouthful there. Moving from the Brittany Griner situation to the NFL. And it's fitting. As soon as Monday night concluded, I knew I was going to do this. I had to wear my Tom Brady jersey. Because the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest player in the history of the National Football League, in my view, the greatest athlete in the history of American team sports, Did it again. That son of a gun did it again. Say it with me, y'all. You know his name. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. My, oh my. Down 16-3 after having yet another, as has been the case in multiple games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, an offense that, as we sit here today, ranks 27th out of 32 teams in the National Football League. Tom Brady did it again, trailing 16-3, to struggling mightily, threw a bad interception. I think it was in the second quarter to DeMario Davis, not moving the ball down the field. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass protect. Brady was a little inaccurate. They didn't push the ball down the field. But you better not leave the door open for that guy. 
You best not do that. The Saints did, and they paid dearly for it. So, Saints got the ball. The score is 16-3, to New Orleans. How much time is left in the game? They get the ball back with 6 minutes and 54 seconds left. Second down and eight from the New Orleans 49. Andy Dalton drops back, throws a little pass out to Mark Ingram. And, and I'll defend Mark. He, he, he was hurt. I get that. But he's running out of bounds. The first down marker is literally right there. And he runs out of bounds a yard shy. Well, then the Saints go just bozo. I don't know what they were doing. And on third and one, they throw a slant. Again, they've run the ball effectively with Alvin Kamara and with Mark Ingram. They throw a slant to my man from Tennessee, Marquez Callaway which was defended very well. I think Carlton Davis was in coverage, made a great play in the football. Bucks got the ball back, and that is where the magic began to happen. Tom went down the field quickly, 10 plays, 91 yards. It only took two minutes. They were aided in part by a pass interference penalty on second and 20. And he threw a touchdown pass uh, to Cade Otten, who, by the way, has has emerged as a really solid tight end. He's, he's no Gronk, obviously, but he's, he's emerged as a solid tight end for Tom Brady. He obviously caught the game when he touched down a few weeks ago against the Rams. And so, you know, he's, he's turned into a good security blanket for Tom. It's certainly a good red zone target. And, and Tom, listen, when Tom trusts you, he keeps going to you if you're open. That's what he did in the red zone here. They punt to New Orleans, okay? So First play, Alvin Kamara gets three yards. The next play, Andy Dalton takes a bad sack, loses 10 yards. On third and 17, Andy Dalton throws the best pass he has probably since he was a Cincinnati Bengal. Right down, right between the two defenders, right into the hands of Taysom Hill. Now, I know Taysom Hill isn't a designated, uh, he's not a receiver, he's not a quarterback, tight end. They line him up everywhere, right? He's a gadget guy. He's the best gadget guy in the NFL. But a spot-on throw from Andy Dalton. If, if Taysom Hill just catches that football, Saints probably win the game. If, if they don't run out the clock on that drive, they get, get the ball back to Tampa with not a whole lot of time left. Instead, they punted. 229 left in the game. Tom Brady went to work. Boom, 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 boom. 11 plays. 63 yards. And after throwing what looked like the game-winning touchdown pass to Chris Godwin with 16 seconds left, a holding penalty. Yeah, I should say another holding penalty because Tampa Bay's offensive line, again, is playing really bad right now. Move the Bucks back. Tom got another completion. Julio Jones, by the way, in that drive made a few key plays. And with three seconds left, Rashad White caught the game-winning touchdown from Tom Brady. And the Bucs won the game 17-16. to and with that win, pretty much slammed the door on anyone else in the division to compete for them for the NFC South. Certainly this year, it's been the worst division in football. I don't think that's arguable. Uh, AFC South has been pretty bad as well. Uh, Houston's the worst team in football. Jacksonville's 4-8. Colts are awful. Like, it's, you know, listen. There's And the Titans, who are certainly the class of the division, we look at them as probably the fourth or best team, fourth or fifth best team in their own conference. So, but NFC South is bad. But my, I almost said last night, Monday night signified what I've been saying for the last three, four weeks. After the Bucks beat the Rams, 
in similar fashion. Game-winning touchdown pass inside of 10 seconds left. It goes back to what I said about Tampa. They are easily the most dangerous team in the NFC. Are they the best team? Absolutely not. Their record would show you that. They're 6-6. Six and six. They are not the most dangerous. I'm sorry, they're, they're not the best team in the NFC. That's Philadelphia right now. The record shows it. Your eyes show it. The biggest deficiency for me was, uh, guys, they can't stop the run. Yeah, well, they just held Derrick Henry to 30 yards. So it looks like they fixed that, right? Dallas is pretty talented. Great quarterback, emerging number one receiver, great running back, Tony Pollard, really good offensive line, and a remarkable talent on the defensive side of the football, Micah Parsons, right? They got Dallas is a fairly talented roster. They're nine and three. They're going to make the playoffs. Question for the Cowboys is will they win the division? That'll be decided in a couple of weeks. But you look around the rest of the NFC. 49ers, who, by the way, don't sell your stock of the 49ers yet, like I said on Monday. Okay, I, li- I kind of like Brock Purdy. He's not Jimmy Garoppolo, but I like him. They, I don't think they can win the Super Bowl with him, but they can win a playoff game or two so long as he doesn't make mistakes. Heck, that's how they've been winning playoff games with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just throwing that out there. So the Niners are still a threat, in my view. Minnesota, I think it's fair to say at this point, while I like them, while I still think they're going to win a playoff game, None of us really thinks they're a contender. I mean, do we really see Kirk Cousins winning two or three straight games to get to the Super Bowl? Uh, even with as good of a roster as that is, the pass defense is awful. Okay, they're in a lot of close games, which feels like you're on borrowed time after a while. A little, They're like the TCU, maybe, of the NFL. Are the Minnesota Vikings? If you're the five seed, because Tampa Bay is going to be the four seed. Okay, it's going to be NFC East winner, Minnesota, San Francisco. Those are the top three seeds. Whoever wins the NFC East is probably going to get the number one seed. Then it's going to be the Vikings as the two seed, Niners three, Buccaneers four. I will say this. You do not want to finish second place in the NFC East. Because that's in all likelihood, unless Seattle like doesn't lose a game the rest of the year, which I don't think is likely because they play Kansas City down the road, but Seattle's going to make the playoffs. You don't want to finish second place in the NFC East because you're going to be the five seed. And you're going to have to go to Tampa Bay. And you're going to be better than Tampa Bay. Talk about Philly and Dallas. They're better football teams than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. Both quarterbacks are playing at a higher level than Tom Brady is. Okay? All all the coaches, whether it be Sirianni, McCarthy, or Bowles, we have our reservations about. Both, all three teams, have really good playmakers on the defensive side. Bucks got Devin White and and, and what's that guy's name? Uh, oh my gosh, uh, Levante David. Right, Dallas has Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. Eagles got Darius Slay, James Bradbury. If you go to Tampa, you better blow them out. You better you better get off to a hot start. Make Tampa Bay fr- play from behind from the get go. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Because if you're in a close fourth quarter game with those boys, forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. Go, go ahead and, and get ready to fly in home and clean out your locker. It's over. When Tom Brady gets in these situations, guy's almost untouchable. Of course, he broke a tie with Peyton Manning for the most fourth quarter comebacks in NFL history. Okay? He's got 44 now. He has a winning record in the playoffs as the Buccaneers quarterback. His only loss in the playoffs as the Buccaneers quarterback came on a walk-off field goal. After, mind you, he led a ridiculous comeback down 27-3 to in the third quarter. Led Tampa Bay all the way back. Of course, their defense played factor. Their defense is another reason I think they're dangerous. Their defense got some stops, got some big turnovers on the Rams. Tom let him down, tied the game at 27. Props to Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. They made a couple plays at the end, and, 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 and Gay hit the walk-off field goal. But that's what it took. A 27-3 lead isn't safe with this guy. A 16-3 lead with three minutes left is not safe with this guy. Because there comes a point in time. Listen, experience matters. It does. We all agree on that. Whatever job that may be. But experience is pretty darn irrelevant if you're not still decent at what you do. Well, Tom's still we would say a pretty good quarterback. Is he what he was last year? Lord, no. Last year, I thought he should have been the MVP over Aaron Rodgers. Or even the year before that. What, did he throw 40 touchdown passes? A couple years before that, he won the MVP in 2017 at age 40. Tom is not that Tom anymore. I said after they lost to the Ravens on Thursday Night Football, we are seeing the decline of Tom Brady. But we are not seeing... The end. We are not writing the final chapter quite yet about this guy. Are we writing the final chapter in Tampa? Probably. I don't really think he wants to be there. There's a reason him and Sean Payton wanted to go to Miami. Okay, like Tom Brady back in late January, early February, did not retire from the NFL. He retired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But because of the whole lawsuit issue and all the legal stuff with the Dolphins, he didn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole, so he decided to stay in Tampa. He'll be gone at, at, after this year. Niners have a shot at him. Maybe the Tennessee Titans. There'll be plenty of bidders. But in terms of this season, with a defense that is playing as well as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, they get to the quarterback, they stop the run. Uh, they're not necessarily really a, a, a turnover-happy defense. They're sort of a bend-but-don't-break. They're great in the red zone. Hold teams to field goals. Again, we talk about. I, I've talked a lot in this show about the comparison between the AFC quarterbacks and the NFC quarterbacks, where this year in the playoffs – we pretty much know what we're getting from the AFC teams, the majority of them. We know Buffalo and Kansas City and Cincinnati and even Tennessee. We know what those teams are going to give us. Baltimore. It's a bunch of question marks in the NFC. Niners with Brock Purdy. Uh, crap, I don't know if that's going to work. He's a rookie. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the draft this year. The Dallas Cowboys, yeah, they have a combined three playoff wins in the last quarter century. The Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, last time I saw them in the playoffs, they got beat by 30 by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, who, who am I missing? Who am I missing? Seattle Seahawks? Geno Smith has been outstanding this season. But do we think they're going to get to the Super Bowl? Win a playoff game, maybe. But uh, well, I don't think we see the Seahawks winning three straight games all on the road to get to this year's Super Bowl. Giants, stop. Washington, no way. But how about the coaches in the NFC as well? Nick Sirianni doesn't call plays on offense or defense. 
seems to be more famous for his uh, antics on the sidelines, yelling at opposing fan bases, than he does actually coaching. I mean, you saw the Eagles on Sunday against the Titans. The one flaw they did have, they had a boatload of penalties. That'll cost you the playoffs. Speaking of penalty, nobody knows this better than Mike McCarthy. Last time we saw him in the playoffs, his team committed 14, which tied a franchise record against the San Francisco 49ers in a playoff loss. Do I trust Dak in the playoffs? Of course I trust Dak. Look at his playoff history. He's been remarkable in three of his four playoff games. But do I trust the defense to make big key stops? I mean, I've got my trepidation. You know, they couldn't stop San Francisco last year. Mike McCarthy, a lot of penalties. Okay, what about the Niners? Stacked roster, great coach. We're not sure about the quarterback. So even the coaches, we're not sure if they can out-scheme or out-duel Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles isn't, you know, Andy Reid or anything. Not even close, but he's certainly competent. And he made, by the way, credits Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles earned the respect of that locker room more so than I think he had coming in on Monday night. Because seven minutes left, Buccaneers have the ball. Again, the score is still 16-3 to at their own 25-yard line. It's fourth down and 10. And Tom is just, Tom won't leave the field. He said, we're going for it. We, we're not leaving the field. We're not punting. We're going for this. And Tom Bowles overruled him and said, no, we're, we're punting. Helped Tampa Bay win the game. They punted, got a stop, and got the ball back. Because if Tampa Bay doesn't get the first down there, which the way they've been moving the ball on offense seemed highly unlikely at that point in time, Saints could have either scored a touchdown, the game would have been over, or they could have kicked a field goal, and it would have been really, really difficult at that point for the Bucs to come back. Because they had to score twice, score, get two two-point conversions. It would have been a lot to ask from an offense that put up three points through three and a half quarters. And it had been scoreless since the second half of the first quarter and then the whole second, third, and the first half of the fourth quarters. They'd done nothing on offense. So props to Todd Bowles for that decision. But I'm telling you, I do not want to face Tom Brady in the playoffs. Is he what he is last year? Nope, he's not. But money on the line. Two minutes left. Tom Brady's got the ball at his own 25-yard line with two, three timeouts. Two minutes left. You're up four. Are you feeling comfortable? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel at ease? Go. Number 12. That's all he wants. That is all Tom Brady could ask for. Given how this season has gone, 12 games in, they're 500. They're going to win the division because the division's awful. But matchup-wise, they don't really look great compared to other NFC contending teams. By the way, I'll do my predictions tomorrow on the show. I think Tampa Bay is going to get boat raced on Sunday afternoon against the San Francisco 49ers. I think that thing's going to be a... They're going to dominate them. Matchup-wise, Niners win just about everywhere. But when the money's on the line in the playoffs, do you trust Tom Brady? Even a lesser version of Tom Brady. Or do you trust... Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, who their only playoff game together, they lost to Tom Brady badly. Do you trust Tom Brady or Dak Prescott, who's been great in the playoffs, but he's got Mike McCarthy as his head coach, who isn't so great? 
Either it's Tom Brady or Brock Purdy or Geno Smith or Daniel Jones or Taylor Heineke. I'm not saying they're going to get to the Super Bowl. What I am saying is you don't want to face them. And what I'm also saying is Tom Brady's clearest path to the Super Bowl in his career could not have come at a better point considering his regressing skills. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But he's never had a clear path to the Super Bowl. I mean, if you put last year's Tom Brady, if you put last year's Buccaneers in this year, oh, they'd be the favorites to come out of the NFC. Easy. Easy. We'd have the least questions about them. Only questions about them would be health. That's it. That They would be the odds-on favorite. Maybe not the odds-on favorite. They'd be the favorites to come out of the NFC. We would absolutely favor them to beat Philly and the Niners and the Cowboys. No doubt about it. And the Vikings. Yeah, I don't play that guy in the playoffs. He's a bad, bad man. He's a bad man. He showed it again on Monday night. By the way, I believe that's the first time. I think I saw a stat. It's the first time in Tom Brady's career that... He's trailed by 13 points with three minutes left to go and won the game. It is also the first time in his career, I'm sorry, it's it's the latest touchdown, latest game-winning touchdown, rather, that he's thrown in his career. He threw the game-winning touchdown with uh, with three seconds left. So, again, props to props to Tom Brady. Now we, safe to say we, we've seen this movie a time or two, without a question. You miss a Belichick? Sure, use them. Although I don't, I don't think a, uh, I don't think a reunion is is likely. Let's put it that way. So we had a big story in the league for the last month, maybe going on two ish months, regarding the most popular team in professional sports, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, it also involved the highest profile free agent on the market, that being, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. And there's obviously, there was, for the last couple weeks, there's been a lot of public flirting between the two sides. You know, they were, OBJ on Monday night went to a Dallas Mavericks game along with Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons. And according to a reporter in Dallas who asked Odell Beckham Jr., he said, what are the chances you sign in Dallas? And OBJ reportedly said with a smile, pretty good chance. And so it looked all but inevitable. And then we start to get more information. And I would say, you can hold an opinion on something, but when you get more information, when you when the situation changes or you learn more about it, it becomes a problem. And you have to you have to change your outlook. You don't want to be rigid. And props to a guy who has been the epitome of rigidity. Let me for that to rhyme. Gerald Wayne Jones Jr., a man who I have criticized far more than I've praised, and for good reason, for numerous instances. In this case, I'm going to have to give the guy props. 
because according to reports from Ed Werder, these mostly come from Ed Werder, but also come from other Dallas insiders, Jane Slater being one of them. OBJ ain't ready to go. As a matter of fact, there was a story this morning. Micah Parsons said that Odell told him he'd be ready in the next, you know, after the next five games. Well, after the next five games is the playoffs. And you don't want to insert a guy who hasn't played with you all season long into the lineup, especially a the, the most deep, <clears throat> excuse me, the most deep, <clears throat> the most dependent position in the NFL wide receiver. He won't have enough, Odell won't have enough time to build any rapport whatsoever with Dak Prescott or to get to practice with the offense, with the other receivers, whether it be CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup or Noah Brown. He won't get that opportunity because his knee hasn't fully healed. Now, we knew when he tore his ACL in February, the report came out that when he first tore his ACL back in October of 2020 in a game against the Cincinnati Bengals, at the surgery that they did, did not fully repair the ACL. Like, it was kind of a bad surgery. And so, and Odell said this as well after the Super Bowl when he tore his ACL again. You know, terrible irony against the Cincinnati Bengals once again, this one being obviously the Super Bowl in the second quarter. According to Odell, and according to sources familiar with the situation, his niece hadn't fully healed. He, he, the ACL still had a minor tear in it. So it was going to go at some point. So thankfully this time around, he got a much better surgery than he got in Cleveland. So, but it's been only 10 months. Like, this, is, this isn't a, a turned ankle. You know, this isn't a broken thumb like Dak Prescott had. No, no, no. This is a torn ACL. This is one of the most serious injuries you can possibly suffer. Only thing that is absolutely worse in terms of lower body is, is Achilles or a compound fracture in your ankle like Dak suffered, like other quarterbacks in the past have suffered. So, with Odell not healthy, this is the first time I can remember on carving it up, praising Jerry Jones for not going out and getting a star free agent. Because Jerry, over the last few years, has been notorious. When a big name's on the market, he never goes after him. Why is that? Well, I've said this numerous times. Jerry wants to win the Super Bowl. Jerry wants to win the Super Bowl worse than a lot of owners in the NFL. A lot of owners, they don't, they could care less. If they win, cool, it's extra jewelry. Maybe they'll sell the ring and, and, and you know, have enough money to, to, to get a Christmas present or something. I don't know. But they, they don't care about winning. They, they care what the business of, of the purchase of the team does for their bank account. I think Jerry absolutely cares about that, but I think he wants to win. There's no question about that. But it's got to be his way. It's Jerry's way or the highway. It's why he's the owner and general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. And I say that because why the Cowboys never have to go after star free agents? Well, I think it's in large part, if not the biggest reason for that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He wants to win with the guys that were drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. 
or his guys. So when they do well, when Dak and Zeke and Pollard and CeeDee Lamb and Gallup and, and Tyler Smith and Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and Demarcus Lawrence, when those guys do well, Jerry could say, hey, hey, I saw I saw them for before anybody else did. I, you know, that I saw that as before they remembered the Dallas Cowboys. But if it's somebody who, which by the way, prayers to Von Miller's Von Miller, he he tore his ACL. You know, best wishes on and prayers certainly to to his recovery. But Von Miller was on the market in March, wanted to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Like he even went to Dallas, went to like a concert at Jerry World with Micah Parsons. Von Miller wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy. He's from the area. Went to Texas A and M. Jerry didn't even didn't even offer him. Can you imagine that combo? Von Miller on one side and Micah Parsons on the other. It's, it had been ridiculous. But he didn't. Years past, he has been quite popular for that. At the trade deadline this year, didn't go after Brandon Cooks. Even though Brandon Cooks wanted to be a Cowboy. And so this is Jerry's history. But in this instance, hats off. Because a lot of other owners would still sign OBJ. And come wild card round, or divisional round, whenever Dallas's first playoff game is. Odell's back in the starting lineup. Crowd's excited. I'm sure there'll be there'd be people in the stands with with his jersey on. It's let's go OBJ. Yeah, but he hasn't built the rapport with Dak. I mean, it took when they traded for Amari Cooper in 2018. It took two, three, four games for him and Dak to really build a good rapport. And once they built it, it was great. At least in home games, it was great. But it it takes it takes a while. The receiver's got to get acclimated to the offense. Most importantly, he's got to build good chemistry with the quarterback. And, and the timeline just wasn't going to work in regards to where we're at in the season, where Odell's knee is at right now, and where the Cowboys are at, because they, they made no mistake about it. For them, it's championship or bust. That's, that's their expectations. This doesn't put them anywhere closer to that because he's not healthy. Because if he signed him now, right, you got the Houston game, got Jacksonville, and then he finished with three tough ones. Obviously, the toughest one being Philadelphia, then Tennessee, then Washington. Well, that's a five games. That's a whole month for him to get acclimated to Kellen Moore's offense and to build a good rapport with Dak Prescott. You can't do that. You, you can't build rapport with a guy in the playoffs. If you don't have it by the playoffs, you're not going to have it at all. It's as simple as that. And so Odell's going to be on a team next year. He may be on a team this year. Maybe somebody will take the plunge. I know I'm, I'm hearing reports Philadelphia might go after him. I, I don't love it. I don't really like any playoff team signing Odell. Just for the simple fact that he's not going to be ready until the wild card or divisional round. He won't contribute to you what you hope he will contribute. He'll be on a team next year. It still could be the Cowboys. Who knows? But as for right now, this would put Dallas further away than closer. Because for every target that Odell would get from Dak, and again, trying to build a good trust with his quarterback, that's a target that a guy who does have a good rapport with Dak, CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup or Dalton Schultz, don't get. I mean, the playoffs, what I, what's great about the NFL playoffs, you know, the, great, the late great Bill Russell always said the best two words in sports are game seven. Well, the NFL playoffs... Every game is a game seven. Every playoff game is an elimination game. Every game is win or go home. It, games can literally turn on one play. One play can change the whole game. For good or for bad. 
if Od- again, every play matters. If Odell is not there and isn't ready to go, he serves you no good. So a rare hats off from carving it up, at least, to Jerry Jones on not signing a big-name free agent. This has been something that uh, he has <laughs> not done well with in the past in terms of ignoring them. This time, he's he's right on the money to not do so. Now, and again, I'll predict the Raiders-Rams game tonight. Again, the Raiders, sitting there at 2-7 and seven a few weeks ago, look dead. All of a sudden, they're six-point favorites on the road in L.A., and I get, I will... I will lay all my money down. There will be more Raiders fans than Rams fans. I would go so far as to say it will feel literally like a Rams home game. I'm sorry, like a Raiders home game. Because you got to remember, the Raiders were in L.A. around like the 70s, 80s, around that time. I think early 90s too is when they moved back to Oakland. Like there's a ton of Raiders fans uh, that that, are still in Los Angeles. That place could be, that, that is going to be a Raiders home game. It's going to be silver and black more than it's going to be whatever the Rams colors are, blue and gold. A lot of silver and black at SoFi Stadium. You you can book that. Um, But the Raiders are not dead. If the Raiders win tonight, they're in the exact same position they were at this time a year ago, six and seven. Now, in that case, last year, they won four straight games to get into the playoffs, including that wild, wild showdown against their division rival Chargers. But uh, it's going to be a good one tonight, I think. But uh, again, there's there's some solid games in Week 14. Again, I'll predict them all uh, tomorrow. You got Browns, Bengals, Joe Burrow. S- somehow, it's crazy. I posted this on Instagram last night that one of those things in sports that just doesn't make sense, that Joe Burrow is 3-0 and against the Kansas City Chiefs. But he's never beaten the Cleveland Browns. That, that, does, I mean, that doesn't make sense. I, I mean, look, he, you could beat... You can beat the best quarterback-coach combo in football, but you can't beat Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield? Like, what? Like, it's it's, it's crazy. I, that's why I love the NFL. Eagles-Giants, that's a big division game. You got a Ravens-Steelers. Those games are always physical. Uh, Bucks-Niners. What else we got? Oh, oh yeah. Sunday Night Football, Dolphins-Chargers. Again, I, I, I and I'll, I'll try and get that video uploaded soon about my my three-game sample size and how I'm going to use that to sort of make my final decision on Tua. Game two is very important because Tua's got his draft contemporary, a guy who he's going to be compared to for the rest of his career because he was taking a pick after him, Joe Burrow. I'm not Joe Burrow, J- Justin Herbert. He'll be compared to Burrow too because he was in the draft class. Um, but he'll be compared to Justin Herbert because Dolphins could have took Herbert, but they took Tua. And so they're going to they're gonna battle it out on Sunday night in Los Angeles on Sunday night. I cannot wait for that game. And then you got, then you got Mac Jones versus Kyler Murray on on Monday. I can't. I I'm just. I, I've I've got a timer on my phone. Like I've literally I'm counting down the days till I can watch that game. No, not really. It's 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 actually awful. But I got to move to Major League Baseball for a moment and free agency because this free agency cycle has been kind of nuts. Like it's compared to years past, it has been highly eventful and highly entertaining. I'm depressed because my Red Sox lost Xander Bogarts. I'm very depressed. Xander Bogarts, who has been with the Red Sox since 2013, won two World Series titles with the Red Sox, uh, multiple All-Star games, multiple gold gloves, one of, if not the best shortstop in all all the sport. 
signed with the San Diego Padres, 11 years, $280 million. So thank you a lot, Bloom, for letting him go, just like you let Mookie Betts go. I appreciate that. And they lowballed Xander, by the way. Six years, 160 was the Red Sox offer to Xander Bogarts compared to the Padres' offer of 11 years, 280. I, I, I mean, he's I mean, one of the staples of your franchise. You got to be kidding me. So we've blown it on Mookie, which still hurts to this day because Mookie was my favorite player in baseball. And it just, it, it still hurts that we traded him three years ago, almost three years ago. And now Xander Bogarts, one of my favorite Red Sox. We're going to lose J.D. Martinez. That, that didn't bother me. He, he didn't have a very good year this year. But if we can't bring back Christian Vasquez, who we obviously traded to the eventual world champion Houston Astros, but Christian wants to come back to Boston, bring him back, please. We just, uh, we just brought Masataka Yoshida from Japan, the best player in Japan who hit 335 last year. Hit 21 homers. So we we, we got, I don't I want to say our version of Otani because he's not a two-way player, but, you know, we, we, we got we got essentially the next Otani in terms of what he can do with his bat. And really, he's, he's in terms of just average, he's more dangerous than Otani. So at least we added something to our lineup, but at the expense of losing Xander Bogarts, man, this hurts. This really hurts. But the big story, though, the biggest story, and I'll get into some of the other free agent signings. I won't just make this a Red Sox se stay, uh, segment. I don't think you guys want that, but the biggest news came yesterday morning, and that was that the New York Yankees and the reigning American League MVP Aaron Judge agreed to a nine-year, $360 million contract. So, again, Aaron Judge is the ultimate winner in, in the history of sports when it comes to betting on yourself on a contract year. Because I, I think the Saint, uh, the Saints, the, the Yankees offer in spring training, if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm getting this right, seven years, $213 million. Aaron Judge was like, excuse me? He said, no, I'm going to play this year, last year my contract, and I'm not negotiating during the season, and we'll talk after the season. And Aaron Judge proceeded to break the American League record for the most home runs in a single season with 62. So. He got his money, and the Yankees didn't have a choice. Do I think it is a good contract for the Yankees? Absolutely not. It is a terrible contract. Name the long contract in Major League Baseball that's worked. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, that contract was bad about five years ago. Joey Votto with the Reds, okay? I mean, Trey Turner just signed a long deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Like Trey Turner, hate the deal in terms of the length of the contract. Heck, you know, later in A-Rod's contract, it was a bad deal. But you had to keep him. You did not have a choice because you blew it in spring training. You didn't offer what Judge was asking for, which was reported around $300 million. Well, now you had to give him three sixty. That's on you, fam. That's on the New York Yankees. And does this put them any closer to winning a World Series title? It absolutely does not. Because we know of Aaron Judge's postseason struggles. I think they're a little blown out of proportion. But the Yankees, and they cannot get it through. Brian Cashman in particular. 
cannot get it through his thick head. And how he's still the general manager of the Yankees makes me happy as a Red Sox fan. Let's put it that way. Because I know a lot of Yankees fans, I know a lot of Yankees fans, by the way, are not happy with this guy and haven't been for a while. They don't get it. And it's ironic the team they keep running into in the postseason, mostly in the ALCS, the Houston Astros. That is how you build a championship contender. Whether it be through the farm system or through free agency, that, that's irrelevant. You're going to have to be aggressive in free agency at some point, especially if you're a big market team, which nobody makes more than the Yankees. They're, if I'm not mistaken, their contract with the Yes Network, who does all of their games, is, I think, more expensive than the Cincinnati Reds' entire payroll. Like, the top three highest-paid players in the Yankees combined, their contracts are $1.1 billion. Billion, with a B. But they keep screwing this up. Why is that? How do you build a championship contender? Pitching. And guys who can hit for average. Guys who can get on base. Does it help to have power? Of course it does. Of course it does. But in no logical baseball universe should the Cleveland Guardians the youngest team in Major League Baseball who hit virtually no home runs during the regular season as compared to other teams, as compared to other playoff teams, certainly. They pushed the Yankees to a decisive Game 5. Why? Obviously, they have a very smart manager, Terry Francona. I love Terry Francona. Helped bring two championships to Boston in 04 and 07. They have great pitching led by Shane Bieber. And they have a, a, a lineup that hits for average, that gets on base, walks, uh, you know, putting guys to scoring position, bunts, sack flies, instead of always relying on the home run ball. Did you watch the ALCS? That was a masterclass. The teacher and the student in terms of how to build a title contending team. Because the Astros use their farm system for some of their star players. But they also went out and got guys in free agency, or they traded guys, or traded for guys, I should say. And they have, obviously, a very smart manager in Dusty Baker. That's how you do it. And God knows the Yankees got all the resources to do, to do just that. But they keep making the same old mistake. They had to sign Aaron Judge to this contract. Otherwise, he was going to leave, and they were going to be irrelevant. You know, have fun with Anthony Rizzo and, and uh, you know, Higashioka. Have fun with that. Okay, you had to bring Aaron Judge back. But these long deals never work. After about year four or five, Aaron Judge is going to be 35 years old. He's not going to be a threat to go for 50 bombs a year. Maybe 40, but then once he gets to 37, 38, then it's really going to be a bad contract. But the Yankees only have themselves to blame. They didn't pay it what the pay judge, what the market called for, what Aaron Judge was asking for. And this is what you get for it. He kept him. You know, could have been worse. Could have, could have lost him to like the San Francisco Giants or somebody. But you had to keep him, but at what price? But does it put him any closer to winning a, a title? No. They very well might win the AL East once again. Okay, Toronto's going to be a threat. 
So are the Rays. The Rays, you know, they're always a threat because they got an amazing farm system. But because Aaron Boone is a limited manager, and I think in some ways is is limited in his powers to make his own decisions by the front office, because their starting pitching staff is, eh, because their ace, Garrett Cole, their alleged ace, I should say, is routinely awful in the playoffs because their bullpen can't get big outs late in games when they absolutely have to. They continuously run to Houston and they continuously get embarrassed. This year, a 4-0 sweep. And none of the games were even close. Sorry. It's, it just is what it is. They're, they're no closer today than they were at the beginning of the season. Just is what it is. But in terms of other deals in Major League Baseball, there's some big ones. Again, I mentioned Xander Bogarts. I don't want to talk about it. I really don't want to talk about it. Uh, one of the more, I'd say one of the few, the few uh, non-surprising moves, we kind of figured this was, was coming. Uh, all-star catcher Wilson Contreras, who was the last remaining member from the Chicago Cubs team that, that broke the 108-year curse in 2016, won the World Series. He is now with the rival St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, on a five-year, $87.5 million deal. So good deal for the Cardinals and Wilson Contreras. Again, remarkable catcher. Okay. Uh, Kenley Jansen uh, signed with my Red Sox as well. So we got a closer, although I do not trust Kenley Jansen. Uh, he he you know, routinely struggles, especially in the postseason, at closing out games. So I'm, you know, I, I guess we had to have a closer. But, you know, should the Red Sox find a way to sneak into the playoffs, which is going to be tough considering how tough their division is, much less the AL. Uh, this is going to be, this could be tough. Uh, what else do we have? Okay, I, I mentioned, what's his name? Uh, Trey Turner. Uh, Mitch Haniger left the Seattle Mariners, signed with the San Francisco Giants, three years, $43.5 million. Cody Bellinger signed a one-year $17.5 million deal, dollar deal with the Chicago Cubs. Cubs are spending a lot of money in free agency. Uh, uh, let's see, Josh Bell signed with the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, he was a big, big piece of them getting to, to the Padres getting to the NLCS last year. So solid deal for Cleveland. Again, I just literally talked about Cleveland not hitting for power. Uh, this guy helps that. This guy helps that cause. Um, and obviously, I, I, did, I, I did mention Justin Verlander uh, a few days ago, I think. Clayton Kershaw staying with the Dodgers on a one-year deal. So some big deals going on. Obviously, there's some other high-profile free agents. A couple shortstops, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson. So uh, my man, Nate Valdi, who I really hope stays in Boston. I don't feel overly confident about it, but we'll see how it plays out. But this is... This is one of the more eventful and intriguing, you know, free agency periods that we've had in Major League Baseball. And listen, whatever helps the popularity of the sport, I'm for. Because I love baseball. I love Major League Baseball. Uh, there's certain practices they have that make me want to run my head through the camera that I'm looking at right now. But all in all, you know, I, I love watching the sport. October baseball, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. So whatever brings the baseball world positive attention, this being it, free agency, uh, one of the game's stars, really the face, I would say, today of Major League Baseball, Aaron Judge. He, along with, I think, Shohei Otani, I'd say are the faces of, of Major League Baseball. You could put guys like Bryce Harper in that category as well. But, yeah, I, I, I'm all for the occasional, occasional, uh, rare, it seems like these days, positive publicity with Major League Baseball. But it's been highly eventful, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing him. How the rest of it plays out. Hey, maybe the Red Sox can get Carlos Correa. Hey, listen, I, I I know that a lot of people, Red Sox fans included, you know, still have hard feelings from him in 2017. You know, 
I guess maybe 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 just because uh maybe just because the you know the Bible I read says to to forgive seven times seventy, but I, I, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I've forgiven him. I've forgiven Carlos Correa. I've forgiven the 2017 Astros because we won a title a year later. I know most teams can't can't say that unless you're a Red Sox, Nationals, Dodgers, or Braves fan. You know, I guess it it hits differently, which I understand. But I, I'd be welcome to Carlos Correa coming to Boston. He's not as good as Xander Bogarts, but I'd take him absolutely. Certainly take Dansby Swanson, but I don't, I don't think that's that's going to happen. All right, so we've got a game tonight. Between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Rams to kick off week 14 of the 2022 NFL season. So here we go. Tonight in Los Angeles. The Raiders are six-point favorites. The game kicks off in about an hour. So here's what I'm looking at this game. The Los Angeles Rams, the big story this week for a Rams team that's been one of, if not the most disappointing defending champions in NFL history, have a quarterback change. And if their backup quarterback has become the starter now that Matthew Stafford's on IR, if John Wolford does not, you know, look healthy in pregame warmups tonight, they're going to roll with Baker Mayfield, who they just claimed off waivers on Monday after Carolina after the Carolina Panthers released him. So, what do we know about Baker Mayfield? Well. Uh, we know that he's a backup, and we know that he struggled mightily uh, to, to win games this season, really even last season in Cleveland. Uh, I'm trying to find Baker's numbers right now. Hang on. But we look at the Panthers. I get the roster's bad. I get that. Yeah, the firing of Matt Rule, it's, it's a complete rebuild that they're going to have in that organization. I understand that. Uh, but at some point, you know, I, I, I need to see it. I need to see some, some wins translate. Uh, gosh, where is Baker's stats? Okay, there, here we go. Baker Mayfield. So this season, Baker Mayfield, 32nd in yards, 31st in touchdowns, 31st in QBR. By the way, QBR, 0 to 100. You want to know what Baker Mayfield's QBR is this season? 0 to 100. 18. And uh, he's all the Rams got tonight against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, mind you, the Raiders have struggled mightily on defense. And that's, that's going to be, whether it be during the regular season if they fail to reach the playoffs, or if they get on this crazy run and continue this winning streak and somehow sneak into the playoffs, it's going to plague them. It's going to end their season just like it did last year. And that's that. Their defense, their pass rush is really good. Really good. With Max Crosby and with Chandler Jones. Excuse me. But their secondary is horrible. Good news is they're facing a Rams offense that is offensively challenged. Which, did we ever think we'd be saying that coming into the season? But Matt Stafford's gone. Cooper Cup is gone. Tyler Higby's hurt. So now you're relying on that Skoranek kid. You're relying on Tutu Atwell, who I loved out of college, but has not panned out whatsoever. He's got six career NFL catches. An offensive line that is just in shambles. Cam Akers and his case, bad case of fumbleitis is, 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 is your running back. I mean, it's a disaster. Aaron Donald's out. Jalen Ramsey is playing the worst football of his career. It's it's bad. There's a reason that the five and seven Raiders are a touchdown favorite on the road. They're healthier. Which, you know, the Raiders got their share of injuries too, but nothing like the defending champions. Derek Carr's played very well the last two weeks. Josh Jacobs is having easily the best season of his career. Devontae Adams is doing what he has always done throughout his career, and that's catch the football and put up a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. 
Uh, I don't think this one's particularly close. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders to win this game. 28-16 to 16 over the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium. I, I think this one's over pretty quickly. Again, the Rams are starting a quarterback who has been there for 72 hours, more or less. And that quarterback happens to be Baker Mayfield. If Baker had been for the, with the Rams for 10 years, this is not a, a, a good fit. He's been there three days. So this is not going to work whatsoever. Give me the Raiders to win this one comfortably, 28-16, to 16, and cover the six-point spread over the Los Angeles Rams. All right, Week 14 kicks off tonight. Again, tomorrow, Week 14 NFL predictions. You got Tom Brady against the 49ers. You've got, obviously, uh, what else we got? Bengals and Browns. Again, Joe Burrow has never beaten the Bengal, uh, the Browns in his career. You've got Tua versus Herbert on Sunday Night Football. That is easily the game I'm most looking forward to. Because you guys know Herbert is my guy. He's been my guy since the draft. I said coming into that draft, he'd be the best quarterback to come out. That's ended up being Burrow, but it isn't like Herbert has a, you know held up his end of the bargain. It hasn't, it hasn't been like he's uh, embarrassed me or anything. Like Mr. Unlimited in Denver. It's been bad. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. And be sure to like, share, comment, and hit that big red subscribe button. Take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button and hit the notification bell. Get notifications anytime uh, we go live. Upload a YouTube video, YouTube short, whatever we do on the Carving It Up YouTube channel. Be notified. Be the first one to know when we put that up. By the way, subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Network. That is where I'm at, along with some amazing other creators, including Barry Grant Jr. of the All Even Podcast, Ryan Flowers of Clutch Sports Talk, uh, uh, Patrick Brown of the Chaotic Sports Podcast, Alfred Parsar Jr. of the Rocket Fuel Jets Podcast. Uh, we've got the Cowboys Can Fan Podcast. we got some so, so much great content, so check it out on the Grid Network. Uh, and which is also, by the way, you can listen to my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Anchor, Anchor. I said it again. Dang it. It's the second time I've said Anchor this month. I'm no longer on Anchor. Do not look there. Okay, I'm not there. Neither is the grid. We're not We're not on Anchor. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, as well as wherever you listen to your podcast, except for Anchor, of course. We, we don't do that anymore. Appreciate Anchor, but we're not there anymore. By the way, last thing before we get out of here. So you guys know I, I have a segment. Every Friday when I make my NFL predictions called What are a betting man? If I were a betting man. Well, I do bet. I don't I don't, you know, do in Vegas or anything. I don't do no sports books. I don't do like you know bet MGM or FanDuel or anything. But I make bets that mostly involve this thing that is important to us all, but because we're uh because us guys are, are just guys, you know, pride, pride, right? We, we take pride very, very seriously. And there's a gentleman coming on my show tomorrow. You know him very well. And he's got a debt to pay. Because we bet something. And I won. And he lost. Do not miss that tomorrow. I'll leave it at that. Have a great evening, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. Baker Mayfield. Jeez. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.